One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, good day, everybody. Welcome back to School of the Holy Spirit, where we've been going deep into our Wisdom-Filled Warrior series. This is part 28, and today I want to really get into the depths of the real versus the fake church. And it's important that we are able to identify the signs, right? It's, it's important that we're able to discern through the power of the Holy Spirit what is real and what is not, because the ultimate evidence of the true or the real is that the supernatural power of heaven is poured out in that place, that you see signs and wonders, you see demons cast out, you see true prophetic um, and words of knowledge, you see people articulating the voice of the Lord um, versus what is, you know, really fake, right? Good Things where the church is presented as this powerless entity, um, and, you know, the people basically come in and are trained to, you know, go through their routines or traditions, sing a few songs, uh, listen to a guy speak, um, and nothing supernatural happens, okay? And, you know, it's unfortunate, but the bulk of America has been trained uh, to come in, accept the powerless um, aspects uh, of, of so-called Christianity um, and, you know, people are trained traditionally um, through through generations to basically come in on Sunday, look the part, um, don't expect anything big, don't expect anything supernatural, and out the door you go. And as a result, um, especially in the last decade, you have had a lot of the younger generation um, literally walking away from powerlessness. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's actually a form of deliverance. Um, you know, it's actually easier to get a heathen filled with the Holy Spirit than it is a religious person. And that's just, that's just my experience. When I, when I go to India, um, I see a lot of the supernatural where Hindus, hundreds and thousands of Hindus come, you know, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they leave praying in tongues, shaking in the presence of the Lord and are actually tangibly touched by the presence of God being healed themselves or seeing somebody healed and the presence of the Lord coming upon them as they literally shake in the presence as they're being baptized in the Holy Ghost and they suddenly begin to pray in tongues and the supernatural is real it's evident Jesus literally is real he's tangible right and um, that's a big contrast uh, to traditional powerless forms of Christianity in America. And um, I want to talk today about the remnant. Um, it's important that we are able to connect the dots with wisdom-filled warriors 
um, and everything that we've been teaching about the embrace of the supernatural and what a supernatural life looks like by somebody who knows that the Lord has a destiny for them. They know that when they are baptized in the Holy Ghost and power, that they become a martyr. They become uh, one who is made supernatural by the spirit of prophecy. Um, and when I use the term spirit of prophecy, I mean um, that that is a term that the Lord actually uses for those who are moved by the voice of the Lord. And anytime where there is the voice of the Lord, the Lord is always picking a fight with the darkness, confronting the darkness, confronting powerlessness, confronting um, hopelessness and despair, um, confronting, um, you know, sickness and illness and disease. He confronts those things by speaking into them, right? And the supernatural voice of the Lord literally causes the darkness to shake because the darkness has no answer for the voice. And when the voice of the Lord is released through the prophetic anointing, um, you see chains broken, you see prison doors open, right? You see the supernatural and, um, you know, it's kind of cliche in a lot of charismatic or so-called charismatic churches where people use the term remnant, right? Um, you'll, you'll see a lot of, um, people that are so-called prophetic people, they use the word remnant, but they don't really use it in the right context. They don't really use it in the context of the supernatural. And, um, I want to, I want to connect the concept of what a real remnant, uh, believer and a real remnant church is um, really being uh, anointed in this prophetic call in this in the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, ascending into the high place in your prayer time ascending into the high place um, with with the expectation when you pray in the Holy Ghost that you are going to hear the voice of the Lord and it is by the voice of the Lord that the remnant is called out of the normal right and that's really what the what the remnant is we'll get deeper into that here in a minute but it's really centered around prophetic alignment and you know we've been talking the last few weeks about you know david um and the and and the lord leading david to naoth ramah the place where david um and the prophet samuel they they were so connected in the spirit that as they prophesied all the assassins that saul sent against them literally were overcome by the power of prophecy they could not fulfill their mission which was to destroy and kill david um, they would go back to saul and even saul came and when he got within a certain distance of the place where the true prophetic was being poured out at naoth ramah that paul or i'm sorry saul literally stripped his clothes down symbolizing that he was taking off his dead uh powerless forms of 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 believing he took off his clothes right and he decreed he decreed that christ was real and he began to even um be under the authority under the power of of the spirit of prophecy right and so um you know that is a that is the ultimate destination of those baptized in the Holy Ghost. That you literally um, are thirsting and hungering after the presence of the Lord so profoundly, so boldly, that uh, you be you have this prophetic anointing that literally begins to flow out of you, and its power it has a, it has an impact around you, right? Um, it's 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 evidence of the presence of the the true presence of the Lord being upon a person, that those around them 
literally as the person is prophesying that they are they are being um they're being overcome by the power by the anointing by the presence the impartation of the holy spirit right either by direct prophecy by laying on of hands by um uh, healing the sick by commanding demons to leave that is naoth rama right and the lord the lord we talked we've been talking the last few weeks about um Jesus coming as the son of David that was the prophecy in Amos uh 9:11 that the Lord uh would set up the tabernacle of David he would restore the presence of God that was upon David he would restore it upon his remnant and I'm going to get to that um here in a few minutes but we we've, we've got to embrace the fact that um it is the expectation of the Lord that you are all walking in the power of the supernatural, right? It, it shouldn't be an oddball thing. It shouldn't be a one-off thing that's, that somebody prophesies once in a while. Your church should be set up by believers who are coming together, hungering and thirsting. And, and there is a presence of the Lord as you, as you pray in the Holy Ghost together, that the Lord comes and begins to come upon everybody and everybody hears the voice of the Lord, right? Um, we, we, we spent a lot of time in this series contrasting the, the operating system of Jesus where he says in John 5, 19, I only do what I see my father do. And he goes on to confront the dead church or the dead, the pharisaical system. Um, in, in John 5, 38, he says, you guys search the scriptures thinking there's life in the scripture but you are not in the power of the Holy Ghost. You can't see me, Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? They were deaf, dumb, and blind in the Spirit. And Jesus kept telling these Pharisees, you are deaf, dumb, and blind in the Spirit. He says, well, did Isaiah prophesy that in hearing you would not hear and seeing you would not see, meaning that the the uh, the philosophers, the the Pharisees of the time literally read scripture, but they refused the Holy Spirit. And that's a deadly place to be in. Jesus actually said, you can refuse me, but if you refuse, if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, meaning you misrepresent the kingdom and you refuse what the kingdom is, which is the, the presence of God, that's why he gave the Holy Spirit. If you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, there is no forgiveness for you. Okay, so the question is not whether or not you came to the altar and said, I believe in Jesus, a lot of that stuff is fictitious and it doesn't lead to change. Where true power is is imparted to people is when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, which is being baptized by Christ, right? When you are baptized by Christ, you are baptized in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. John baptized under repentance, but Jesus baptized in the Holy Ghost, right? John, John, John the Baptist actually said, there's one coming after me whose sandals I am not worthy to, to walk in. He is Jesus Christ. He will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. So Jesus baptized in the kingdom, whereas John the Baptist baptized into repentance. A lot of our altars in America only get you to repentance. But if you receive Jesus, you are to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and you no longer wonder as you try to repent you realize in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are being led by the voice of the Lord and you are empowered by the supernatural. That's what the tent of David is. That's what the restoration of the tent of David is, that, that just as David laid in the tent in the presence of the Lord 
and the prophetic, the anointing, and all the gifts of the Spirit were flowing through David. As Jesus came as the Son of David, he baptized the masses in the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the tabernacle of David. It is, it is the supernatural presence of God upon the masses. Amen? And so, um, you know, there's, there's an aspect in, in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit um, where the, the Lord prophesies that he will awaken his remnant in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and and uh, I want to read a few scriptures here to contrast um, the remnant um, and the real church versus the fake church. Okay, and I'm not I'm not doing this to condemn, you know, people who have never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm doing this to give you sight so that you can realize that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not an optional thing. It's actually a necessary thing. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is actually the only thing Jesus gave. He baptized. He told he told the disciples, don't leave this city till I baptize you, meaning I immerse you in the anointing that was upon me, the anointing that was upon David, the baptism of the Holy Spirit that empowers you to have ears in the spirit and eyes in the spirit. Right. You you are moved by the by the voice of the Lord. OK. And. um you know, this true remnant uh, is is something that I believe that we're in a time, in a position here in, in the United States of America that is critical. Um, we um, have grown dark as a nation. In fact, our government um, is now uh, led by basically a non-Christian government. We do not function on Christian principles. We function on hedonistic um, aspects of, of the world. Uh, abortion is, is not only legalized, but it's now culturally normal in America. Um, and you can go down through the list of, of how the culture of America has grown dark in, in these days. But I believe the Lord in this hour is awakening a remnant in America, and it's it's extremely important that that uh, we recognize what the real remnant is. Okay, and I'm going to get to that here in a second. But there's a scripture um, that the Lord revealed to me in a dream um, that really helped pinpoint for me the Lord's perspective of this current hour and um, what is going to happen, I believe, over the next few years in America. And I'm going to get to the dream here in a minute. But in the dream, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord revealed this one scripture and it, it's Isaiah 11, 11. And it says, then it will happen on that day that the Lord will again acquire of his hand a second time, the remnant of his people who will remain. Um, and he's, he's talking here about calling the real church, the real remnant out from within the mixture where it is hidden, where it has become, um, you know, a victim of the system. And that describes America today. Um, there are people, there is a remnant, but it's hidden right now in America. It can't, it can't really be seen. Um, but I believe the Lord is positioning the church. And uh, like I said, I'm going to get to the dream here in a second. But um, 
this concept of of uh, a remnant is connected to the prophecy of the Lord restoring the tabernacle of David um, in the last days. And in Amos uh, 9, 11, and 12, it says, In that day I will raise up and restore the fallen tabernacle of David and wall up its breaches. I will also raise up and restore its ruins and rebuild as it was in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom. What does that mean? The remnant of Edom is actually, it actually means the remnant church, the remnant believer, the wisdom-filled warrior that is hidden within the darkness. Edom, Edom was a place of the Edomites. It's a, it's a place of a heathen nation. Okay, um, and and the, and the Lord is saying that I will restore the tabernacle of David. We've been talking the last few weeks about the recognition of Jesus Christ coming as the son of David and the mission of Christ to restore the tabernacle of David, which is connected to the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, right? And the Lord is prophesying here in, in verse 12 that that the remnant will literally be called out from among the heathen nation, okay? And um, that's a pretty big deal because... It, it's a, it gives you hope. It, it literally, it's not your job. It's not your responsibility to find the Lord. It's actually the revelation that you are at the mercy of God and you need God. You need him to lead you. You need him to come and get you. You need him to pour out his spirit that the tabernacle that would be restored, right? You need him to speak. You need him. Right. And that's that's the difference between dead religion who comes to conform to a system on Sunday versus the remnant who cries out in in a revelation that you need to hear the voice of the Lord, that you need to be led. You need in the in these last days to literally um, have the grace of God and supernatural things happen in your life, um, because without them, without the voice uh, and without the grace of God being present in your life to lead you, you are bound in the darkness around you. Okay? And so if you're not hearing the voice of the Lord, by default, you are in you are in Edom. You are a prisoner in Edom, right? You are a prisoner in a foreign land. You are a prisoner in a dark place. I don't care how many times you go to church, I don't care how many people you helped, I don't care about any of that. What I care about is, do you hear the Lord and are you led by the voice of the Lord? Doing kind acts or church attendance and checking the box on religious things, um, putting money in a tithing basket, it, it, we talked last time, is an, is an old, old covenant act. In the New Testament, you are baptized in the Holy Ghost and, and you are given access to the voice of God and, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so this contrast is a huge thing, guys. We talked, um, we talked, and I just want to connect the dots on a couple more things here. We, we talked um, several months ago about, um, you know, Saul, the difference between King Saul and David. And when whenever Saul um, was given instruction by the Lord, meaning that he heard the voice of God, and and the and the Lord told Saul, "Go, kill all the Amalekites. Don't let anything living and breathing." Saul left King Agag. He left the best sheep, the best oxen, um, certain people. He left certain things alive. 
he disobeyed the Lord's voice. Okay. And, and Saul thought he was going to make up for it. Saul thought that he could just, um, go put, make a couple sacrifices. He could go put something on the altar. He could go offer something that he had and everything would be okay. And the Lord responds in first, uh, Samuel 15, um, verse 22. Uh, he says, has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as in obedience to the voice of the Lord? So listen, guys, he's distinguishing between your church attendance, you putting something on the altar, you making your own conscience feel good by putting money in an offering plate. And he says in the next verse, behold to obey, meaning obey the voice, know the voice, center your life around the voice and follow the voice, right? The Lord himself is revealing his voice, not the Bible. He's talking about his voice. I don't care how much you read the Bible and how much you try to conform to it. That's, that's basically a form of sacrifice and offering, but to follow the voice is the place to receive life. And the Lord, the Lord says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination or witchcraft, fortune-telling. We've talked about that, right? We've talked about America being under the spell of, of you know, voices from, from government, the voices from, from the media, the voices uh, of, of the demonic infiltration of the leader's of the world of, of, of America, um, of this, uh, you know, the, the popular music, the, the, the people who are right, having songs written, uh, by conjuring up demons, conjuring up spells, writing songs, and you, you are singing them. You're, you're doing, you're doing things that are, um, and subjecting yourself to, um, something that can put a spell on you. Right. And so this scripture is very applicable for today. He says, for rebellion is as the sin of divination, meaning that you've given more, you've given more attention to pop culture, to government, to uh, news media, um, to uh, you know appeasing the people, uh, you know making people happy, put, putting money in an offering plate, doing religious systems, religious routines, and he goes on. He says. And as disobedience is as the, as the same as false religion and idolatry, okay? Because you have rejected the word, the rhema, the direct voice of the Lord. You've rejected it. And therefore, the Lord has rejected you as king, meaning that you've, you've been rejected as a son of the Lord, the son of God. You've re been rejected, okay? Why is that a big deal? And what's the pattern for today? Because there's more... There's more um, hanging on the words of CNN than there are hanging on the words of the Lord. There are more hanging on the words of, of what this government is telling you and the fear mongering that's going on with uh, COVID and, and some other, you know, manipulative things in terms of global politics and, and all that kind of stuff. There's more connection to that than there is and as a, in the body as a whole being connected to what is the Lord saying? 
When's the last time you went into church and you everybody laid down on the floor and you began to pray in the Holy Ghost and you said, we are going to cry out for the Lord and we're going to follow what the Lord says and does. Come on, tell me about it. When's the last time you centered your life around crying out to the Lord to hear his voice and following his voice, no matter what CNN's telling you, no matter what uh, the government's telling you, no matter what manipulation and, and, you know, soothsaying is going on in the media and, and popular um, communication channels. When's the last time we did it? Huh? When's the last time you did it? It's a big deal. And, and, you know, Isaiah 63, if you go to Isaiah 63, verse eight, in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Lord reiterates again, the same message. Okay. When the, when the Holy Ghost comes, as 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 evidence in Isaiah sixty one, um, Isaiah sixty one verse eight, um, you know it's a declaration. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind. Right, it's a declaration of one baptized in the Holy Ghost who lives by the voice of the Holy Ghost, who trusts in nothing but the voice of the Holy Ghost. Okay. And as you get later in the chapter, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Lord reveals in verse 8, he says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. What does that mean? That means exactly what the Lord decreed when he confronted King Saul for his lack of faith in believing and centering his life around what the Lord was saying. He was confronting Saul for putting, thinking that Saul could go sacrifice some things. And well, yeah, it's not a big deal. I know the Lord said this, but I kind of did 95% of it. Um, but, you know, but, and the Lord says, no, no, there's no but. The Lord says, I hate robbery for burnt offering. He ba he's basically saying, I don't care if you, how many calves, I don't care how much money you put in a offering plate. I don't care about your sacrifice. I care about how you embrace justice in your life. And let me tell you this, guys, there's only one way justice comes into your life. And that's by hearing the voice of the Lord and the infiltration of the kingdom of heaven coming in to your life through hearing the voice of the Lord. Amen. It is by the voice of the Lord that the supernatural is poured out in your life. And, and it's by nothing else. There is nothing that can take the place of the voice of God. Absolutely nothing. There's nothing that can can compensate with enough sacrifice in other places, with enough, you know, acts or, you know, church attendance or anything like that. There's nothing that can actually take the place of the voice of the Lord in your life. Okay, it's the centerpiece. And in the unveiling of Christ in the book of Revelation, this is my last point before I get into the dream, but in the unveiling of Christ in the book of Revelation, um, you actually are in the midst of a war, right? We, we've talked about this theme of you are born into this war. You are born into a world that is at war in the spirit, okay? And to see Christ it, it happens in the midst of an of an unveiling process as you are 
have this grace of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and you begin to see and hear in the in the Spirit of God, there is this supernatural um, contrast between what the Lord is saying and what is real in the Spirit versus this temporal world and the picture that this world paints, right? It's a matrix. This world is a temporal place. It creates a false uh, view. It, it creates... Um, a a vision or a, a a perception of reality that completely contrasts what is real in the kingdom, what it, what the kingdom or what the vision of the Lord is for you, your life, for the people around you, for your church. Okay, and so the Lord's not worried about, or he's he's not really concerned about you know, all the systems and traditions and, and regulations and things that appear to be righteous, those are actually um, lies. We'll get to that here in a second. Um, what he's really concerned about is do you embrace the one thing Christ gave, which is the Holy Spirit, and center your life and the people that you come to gather with in prayer? Do you center your life around hearing and following? Okay. Because hearing and following is the only thing that releases justice, right, in a person's life. And justice, we, you know, we've, we've talked a lot um, about the concept of vengeance. Jesus said in Isaiah 63, my father's vengeance is in my heart. Well, vengeance is an outcrop of justice, right? Jesus sits on a throne um, uh, of righteousness and justice. The concept of justice is actually the Lord is for you. He's not against you, right? And the justice of God is that he wants to invade the earth. He knows that there is no other deliverer. He knows that there is no other help for you. He knows that there is no other way that you can be saved other than through his mercy to come and baptize you in his Holy Ghost, right? So that the vengeance of God, which is which is the, the, the demeanor, of his justice, okay. His his justice is actually to fight the battle for you. It's it's literally to invade every curse that has been put upon you through the generations. Everything that the enemy meant to destroy you, the Lord actually says in Joel chapter two that I will restore to you the years that the locusts, the the demonic powers, have stolen from you. Right. That's justice. That is justice, guys, and there's only one way justice comes into your life is through the voice of the Lord. And you either hear the Lord directly on your own or a prophetic, an anointed prophetic person flowing in the gifts of the Spirit hears the voice of the Lord for you, okay? And we need a body to help each other who is prophetic, who literally as a team, you gather on the mountaintop in prayer as and as wisdom filled warriors you destroy the strongholds you you literally release the word of the lord the direct voice of god um from the mountaintop okay in your own life and in your church that's that's how a that's how a true church is to function and and that theme is actually painted very clearly in the book of revelation okay people say well yeah i don't you know, I think I, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, but I don't really need to prophesy. I don't think everybody's supposed to prophesy. I don't think everybody's supposed to get words of knowledge. I don't think everybody's supposed to get word, you know, 
um, visions from the Lord. And you know what my answer is? That's a lie from the devil. That is an absolute lie from the devil. First off, Jesus came in Revelation 19. He is revealed in verse uh, chapter 19, verse 10. He is revealed as the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? That means that Christ is a spirit, right? He is, he is uh, alive in the spirit. He has been resurrected in the spirit, okay? And as you are baptized in the Spirit, you are baptized in His resurrection, and you receive vision, you receive dreams. That's the, that's the promise of Joel chapter 2, that He would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. You would dream dreams and have visions, and you would become spiritually awakened and led by the voice of the Lord in the power of the Holy Ghost, and the world would fear you instead of you being a prisoner and one who's enchained, one who's broken, one who's deceived, one who is under a spell, okay? And and just let me clarify about why I emphasize prophecy and what I mean by prophecy. Prophecy is actually the most mature aspect of the gifts of the Spirit. When you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul lists all the gifts of the Spirit, okay? But he says this, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, um, he's talking about you pursuing love, which is your relationship with the, with the Holy Spirit. Desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. That's verse 1. When you get down to verse 5, chapter 14, verse 5, he says, I, I wish you all prayed in tongues even more that you prophesy. What does that mean? Number one, we talked, we, right? We've talked about the gift of tongues and how tongues um, actually is the heart cry of the son and daughter to cry out to the father, to cry out that you would be spiritually equipped, right? And the Lord would literally begin to speak to you in visions and dreams. And like a baby, as you cry out, the Lord turns and looks at you and the flow, the spiritual flow comes into you. You are imparted visions, dreams, and prophecy. You are imparted the gifts of the spirit. How? through hearing the voice of the Lord, through getting his vision, right? And it is by the vision, which is how Christ functioned in John chapter 5. It's the operating system of Jesus Christ. It is the operating system of David. And why is this important in the context of the spirit of prophecy? Because every gift is to flow out of a relationship. There's no such thing as you not having a a uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit and being able to prophesy. If you prophesy by anything other than the vision of the Lord, you are by default prophesying something out of your own heart or saying something out of your own heart or worse, by another, by a demonic spirit, okay? What does that mean? Well, the, the, the essence of the supernatural voice of the Lord is that out of your relationship, you would mature, you would mature um, through ultimately, you know, Paul, Paul emphasizes, I pray that you all pray in tongues, but even more that you prophesy. Why? Because prophecy is literally being in tune with what the Lord is saying. That's really all prophecy is. And I'll just, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you some examples, maybe I'll articulate what it's not. Um, some of you have been in churches where, um, you know, they'll say, hey, just turn to the next person next to you and tell them, prophesy to them, telling, tell them something nice. Um, and people who've never prophesied, people who have never, uh, 
um, you know, had a vision, um, they basically will say, Hey, you're, I hope you have a nice day, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that church calls that prophecy. That's not real prophecy. Okay. Real prophecy is a person who prays in the Holy Ghost, who is connected to the Holy Spirit, gets a vision from the Holy Spirit, and the Lord unctions the person to speak what is being articulated in the vision. Okay? And that that process of relationship is the only real source of prophecy. Um just because somebody says something encouraging to somebody else doesn't mean it's prophecy. Pro true prophecy comes from the vision, right? From, from the vision of the Lord, okay? Why is the book of Revelation and understanding the book of Revelation important in the unveiling of prophecy? Well, Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the word revelation actually means unveiled, right? The apocalypse, the... the uh, the coming forth out of heaven, okay? So Jesus Christ comes forth out of heaven as what? Revelation 19, verse 10, he comes forward as the spirit of prophecy, okay? He comes forward in visions and, and dreams. He speaks to the hearts of those who are searching him out in prayer. And by the vision, as you prophesy the vision, you are releasing heaven on earth. You, if, if the Lord shows you a person, um, you know, in the vision and you, you begin to prophesy what the Lord is, is saying in the vision, you are releasing the Lord's vision. You are unveiling Christ. That's what the revelation of Christ is, okay? And the revelation of Christ, if you look at the whole book of Revelation as an unveiling process, you, I promise you, you will, you will be able to see and articulate things so much different in the, in the spirit of God that it'll completely contrast the way the philosophy, um, that has infiltrated the so-called church today that releases fear and concern about the book of revelation and says, get me out. I don't want to be here. Can, can I be a first, can I be a pre-trib, a mid-trib, post-trib? Can I tell you this? It doesn't matter about the tribs, okay? A lot of that's a bunch of lies anyway. Um, the true essence of the book of Revelation is realizing that there's this war, okay? The the seals, the the trumpet judgments, the the um the outpouring of the bulls, right? The different judgments of the Lord. I've taught you guys a lot about, you know, and I've told you a lot of stories. I go I go into places in India. The Lord gives me a, a the name of an entity, um, or or a word of knowledge for for deaf mutes, or you know whatever the Lord gives me. Um, and can I tell you, the book of Revelation unfolds before my eyes as I prophesy what the Lord is, is showing me. And, and the book of Revelation is actually unfolding before everybody's eyes as you prophesy. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, this is what I mean. If you grab hold of the fact that the Lord restores visions and dreams to you to release heaven on earth, and, and every time you pro Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So every time you are prophesying, you are releasing the whole book of, of, of you're releasing the whole book 
of, of revelation. Okay, you are releasing the 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 conceptual confrontation between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness. And every time you prophesy what the Lord is saying, you are opening the seven seals. Right? You are revealing the identities, the the horsemen identities. You are revealing um, the judgments of God against the enemies of God. You are you are pouring out the bulls. Right? You are you are released by the trumpet, by by the uh, overflowing of the bulls. You literally are are releasing the judgments upon the enemies of God, not the people. You're releasing it. You're, you're prophesying to deliver the people while the judgment of God is coming against the enemies of God, your enemies. Okay, so when I'm casting a devil out of somebody and the Lord gives me a vision, the whole book of Revelation is unfolding upon that person. Okay, and it culminates with the revelation of the identity of who Christ is. Okay, and in part of, you know, I could spend, we could spend days talking about the concept that I just introduced to you. And maybe in the coming weeks, I'll, I'll spend more time on it. But the point is that the remnant church is even hidden within the book of Revelation. Okay, um, and so if, you know, th there's actually the real prophetic and and the fake, okay? And so if you get to Revelation chapter 12, um, it says it says that, uh, you know, it's actually describing the woman, right? It describes a woman running into the wilderness to give birth to a son. Well, what's that? What's that a symbol of? That is a symbol of the, of the, the, the woman is a symbol of the church giving birth to sons and daughters. Okay. And what happens, right? The dragon chases you into the wilderness. What's the pattern that I showed you guys, um, over the last few months, right? Sons, just like Jesus was led into the wilderness in, in Matthew chapter four and, and Luke chapter four, he's led into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. When he says, I only live by the word of the Lord. I only live by what the Lord is, is speaking to me directly. I do not live right by basically scripture because I know Satan can twist scripture I live by what the Lord is showing me. That's that's how Jesus responds to the devil, right? Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so that pattern, as Jesus came out of the desert victorious because he stood in obedience to what the Lord was saying to him, you know, unlike Saul, who tried to sacrifice his way to God, Jesus demonstrated the kingdom in following the voice of the Lord, right? And so that pattern is also illustrated here in, in Revelation chapter 12, where the woman, the church, receives a prophetic word, receives a dream from the Lord, right? And the dragon is chasing that church because that church has the ability to give birth, right? And the Lord actually protects the church in the wilderness because it carries the seed. It carries what can reproduce, right? We talked about the parable of the sower. You know, you can go back and listen to that stuff again. But as the church is carrying the seed, which is the voice of the Lord, 
and giving birth to what the voice is actually saying will reproduce in this coming season. It is like a wilderness. Nobody else is around to help you. Um, and the dragon is chasing this body of people into the wilderness. And the Lord says, that is my model. That is the place where the supernatural takes place, where nothing else can take credit no system, nobody else given huge financial blessings, all that dead religious stuff. He says nobody else will take place of the real, the true thing, right? The dragon will chase you. It's not if, but when you're going to give birth to something supernatural, the dragon will chase you, right? And and how how does the Lord say that, that they'll overcome? Uh, Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says um says that they overcame satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony what does that mean the word of their testimony if you study that phrase it actually is the reliance on the prophetic voice the reliance on the rhema word it's a, it's the word it act it actually is the word martyr right and in, in in acts chapter uh chapter one and Jesus is prophesying to his disciples before he ascends into heaven. He says, stay in the city. Don't leave the city. I'm going to send the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to ascend up into heaven and I'm going to send upon you the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, chapter Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says that when the power of the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will be my witness to the end of the earth. What's that mean? The word witness is the word martyr. Okay. That same word martyr is used in this phrase, word of their testimony. A martyr is somebody who holds fast to what the Lord is saying. That's not memorized scripture. He's, you're basically testifying of walking with Christ and knowing what Christ is saying right now in this hour. And because you know what he's saying in this hour, there will, you will give birth to a new thing. You, will, you rely on the voice that gives birth to the new thing. Not trying to appease Scripture and 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 achieve um, what what Scripture describes or or even prophesies within Scripture, he's talking about in your relationship you overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb, meaning what Christ has already accomplished, and by the word of your testimony, meaning you know Christ today and you are holding fast to what He is saying to you personally in dreams and visions. Today, that is what the real church functions in. And the Lord says that that church will not be eaten by the dragon. That church will actually be victorious, right? There will be sons and daughters birthed in that environment. Okay, so what does a fake church look like? The fake church, the false church is actually described in Revelation 17. And I'll just, I'm going to read some scripture here so that we can get the context. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, precious stones and pearls. She basically appeared righteous, okay? She was holding in her hand a gold cup of all the abominations and the filth of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead, a name was written, Mystery Babylon, Great uh, Mother of Prostitutes, meaning false religion or dead religion abominations of the earth okay i saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of jesus who were martyred when i saw her i wondered in amazement but the angel said to me why do you wonder i will explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her 
which has the seven heads. So this woman literally rides on the beast. Okay, what is the beast? The beast is important, an important thing to understand here because the beast is what speaks. The beast is equivalent to David facing the giant. Okay, the giant stood in the valley and was the biggest, loudest mouth. It was the soothsayer, right? Uh, Goliath, the, the name Goliath means soothsayer. Okay, a soothsayer is one who literally releases a demonic prophecy. It 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 releases um a false uh, narrative, right? Fear mongering, um, uh, you know, fortune telling, um, divination. It 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 actually is is speaking under the power of a demonic entity. Okay, why is that important? Because a lot of people think they're in a in a in a Jesus loving church, okay? But here's the deal guys. I mean, let me let me read uh the, to further describe what this church is under the spell of. Um let's go to Revelation chapter 20 uh Revelation chapter 18 verse 23 and never again will the light of a lamp shine in you. He's talking about the death of Babylon and the death of, of the false church. Never again will a light shine in you, and never again will the voice of the bridegroom and the bride be heard in you. For your merchants were the great and prominent men of the earth, because all the nations were deceived and misled by your sorcery. Okay? The word sorcery there is the word pharmakia. Pharmakia um, essentially is the use of drugs, a specific type of drug in a witchcraft ceremony that in, helps induce the spell or is evidence of the spell being put on a person. Okay. Now, why is that important? Because a lot of people think that, oh yeah, we talk about Jesus. I go to this place where we receive Jesus. I've gone to the altar. We talk about it. But CNN and what CNN says is more powerful than what the voice of the Lord says. The fear mongering that comes forward um, when there's a, a, you know, a bad situation going on or, or, you know, the, 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 the fear that's induced by the government um, and the, and the twists and turns um, of, of, you know, what a news media is saying or what a government pulpit is saying has more power in most churches than the voice of the Lord. And that's an abomination, guys. That is actually worshiping the beast instead of worshiping your God. And I'm, you know, the, the reason I, I pick these scriptures out and use these scriptures is because in 2018, the Lord came to me in a dream. Um, and this dream and what I've saw in the dream um, it has been unfolding with this COVID situation for the past two years. Okay. And so um, COVID started, uh, when was that? That was uh, February, the end of February of 2020 is when COVID started. I had this dream. The Lord came to me in this dream in the summer of 2018. Okay. So about 18 months before COVID came, um, this is what I saw in the dream. Okay. Um, I saw 
uh, the Lord took me above the earth and he uh, let me look at America, okay? And he centered my attention into California. And what I saw in California is I saw this earthquake uh, from north to south, um, this huge fault line open in California. And from out of the ground came this entity, okay? This, this, um, this demonic power, we'll call it, okay? And the Lord took me down and, and put me in front of this entity to see what this entity was. And this is what I saw. I saw the word Abaddon written um, on this creature, okay? If you don't know anything about Abaddon, Abaddon is referenced in uh, Revelation chapter 11 as um, uh, it, it, he's the prince of destruction, okay? Um, and he basically is a ruler in hell, okay? And so the Lord shows me this, and he shows me one other specific thing, Um this creature has a long tail on it, and it has a needle, um, like an injection needle, at the end of its tail, okay? The next thing I see is Satan appears in front of this creature, and he dresses the creature. He dresses the creature in a suit and tie, made this creature look presentable. No longer could you tell this creature was a monster, okay? It, it made this creature appear like... You know, it was a regular professional looking person. Okay. And the next thing the Lord let me see is um, I saw Satan um, leading this creature into pulpits, um, pulpits in the government, pulpits in the news media, and in particular pulpits in the church. And I, and the Lord um, let me walk in behind this spirit of Abaddon as it walked inside of a church. And when I saw it walk inside the church, um, it's like it was presented in a pulpit as a um, well-presenting, pre- well well-articulated um, uh, individual, okay? And when, the, when, the, when this spirit of Abaddon started to speak from the pulpit, um, I saw um, the mass majority of the people like they were put in a trance. They were put under a spell sitting in church pews as they listened to this creature speak, okay? And as this creature spoke, um, there was, you know, I'm going to say this, a very low number, probably f- 5 to 10% of the people in the congregation um, were not exposed. They, they were not susceptible to the spell that this creature was putting on the mass majority of the people in the churches. Okay. And why is that important? Well, as I watched, as the Lord let me watch this creature from the pulpit, its tail slithered out of it from underneath its coat. Okay. And as the people were sitting there in a trance based on what was coming out of its mouth, the tail literally slithered up beside people and started to in, insert the needle that was in its tail, right? Does that sound familiar? <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute, okay? And 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 um, the next thing that I saw was this, guys. I saw the small number of people as they saw, they could not only recognize that the people around them were in a trance, they could also see the needle that was injecting people 
from this creature one by one this needle was injecting people okay and the the small number of people who were not under the spell literally ran out of the church and i saw them run to a river um and the the river that i saw them run to was the potomac river on the east coast and if you don't know much about geography and stuff um the potomac river runs through washington dc okay and i saw the people um on the south side of washington dc um beginning to gather around this river all right the next thing i saw was the lord uh dispatched an angel um and the angel stood over top of the river where these people which i believe are the remnant the one the remnant the people who were not subject to the spirit of abaddon to the spirit of destruction but they functioned under a different power they functioned under the power of the holy spirit and therefore they were not subject to um being a victim of the jab a, a victim of the spell that destruction was putting on them and being injected by this needle instead they gathered at the river which i believe i believe this river the potomac river is important to understand of why why the lord uh led the people to gather at this at this particular river but um we'll get to that in a second but the angel that was released out of heaven stood over top of the potomac river um right where the river comes in um to the bay to the bay area going going into the atlantic ocean um the angel stood over top of that area and poured out this oil and this oil written on the name of the oil was the word justice okay and as as you as you know in reference the word justice as we talk the lord does not like burnt offering he loves justice he loves for his voice to be heard in the midst of absolute destruction right because those who hear his voice become the most powerful force on earth okay so this angel stands over top of this river of the potomac river and when he pours out the oil of justice into the river two things happen to the river the river literally reverses flow instead of flowing um from the north down through washington through the lower part of maryland and out into the out into the bay the river literally started to flow back up into washington okay so there was a reversal there was a reverse flow the other thing that happened was that instead of the water being absolute muddy water so that you couldn't see into the bottom of the river the river became absolutely clear okay and so the people that were gathering at the at the river at the place of justice where justice is poured out they could see something that the rest of the nation couldn't because they were in a trance they were under a spell okay and these people which i believe is the remnant were able to see into this river that now has justice in it and th- th- this is this is the this is like the wow part okay um these people that are gathered at the river they begin to look into the bottom of the river and they find um a coffin and so they arrange to pull this coffin out of the river and when they pull the coffin out they take the lid off and 
when they take the lid off, Uncle Sam jumps out of the coffin and he's still alive, right? Number one, um, you know, Uncle Sam is symbolic of America. It's, um, it's, it's symbolic of the freedom. It's symbolic of uh, the United States of America, okay? And so Uncle Sam then runs. The next thing I see is Uncle Sam runs north up the river into the city of Washington, D.C. And when he gets to, um, when he gets into Washington, D.C., he runs to the Lincoln Memorial. And when he gets to the Lincoln Memorial, he actually uh, removes Lincoln off of this, off of the seat at the Lincoln Memorial. And he actually sits in the seat of the Lincoln Memorial. And he takes his finger and he, he inscribes a scripture um, in the chair at the Lincoln Memorial. And it's Isaiah 1111 is what the Lord showed me was being inscribed into the chair. And that scripture, as we, as we walked through earlier, it says again, a second time, the Lord will awaken his remnant. Okay. And so there's some other things that happen in the dream, but I'm not going to get into them now. I'm not going to get into, you know, is Trump coming back? Um, I've, I've released different things and other things about that. Um, what I want to focus on is why the Lord is awakening the remnant in this hour. Okay. There's a lot of people and there, you are in the midst of a war, guys. You are in the midst of an outpouring um, of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to be, number one, I don't want anybody to be afraid, um, especially those who have been awakened in the Holy Ghost. You are the most powerful force on earth, and it's the Lord who has picked this fight. This is not Satan winning in America. This is the Lord revealing and exposing what's been happening in America for decades. Okay, you think you've been free. You think that you've been absolutely um, taken care of by uh, the best country in the world where politicians are for the people. Guess what, guys? We all know that's not true. America has been crumbling for decades, and it's because the politicians have been bought. It's because uh, the news media is no longer presenting a story. They're actually presenting uh, the soothsayers' propaganda. They're actually part of putting the spell on the masses, which is what I believe the Lord revealed as Abaddon, okay? Now, there's 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 key things, right, in, in this dream. Number one is the Lord showed me the jab a year and a half before the whole COVID cover scheme, which, and it is a scheme, Okay, you are never going to eradicate the world of COVID. COVID has been here for thousands and thousands. It's been here from the beginning. Okay, you are not going to be able to inoculate people with something that's going to prevent this disease. It's actually a hoax. It's a ruse. Okay, there there are a slight increase of people experiencing death from COVID. But the reality is there are many other things with higher death rates than COVID, okay? You are never going to eradicate it. The point, the point being, though, if you recognize it's a ruse, the intent of Abaddon is to inject you. The, the Abaddon first puts you into a spell. He speaks to you. And the majority of the people fall into a trance. They fall under the fear mongering. They fall under the, the despair. They fall under the, oh my God, I'm going to die. 
right? But there's a remnant who recognizes that the jab is connected to the fear-mongering and what the soothsayer is trying to convince the people of. And the remnant no lo- the, the remnant can see the disguise of the jab and instead runs to the objective of the Lord, which is to engage in his battle. You gather at the river where the Lord pours out his justice, where he brings clarity and brings a promise of a reversal, okay? And the reality is this, that freedom is being stolen, okay? The election has been stolen. There's many things that have been stolen out right from under your your eyes, guys. And the reality is the Lord is saying that it may appear like freedom and Uncle Sam has been put in a casket. It's been dead and buried, and it's it's been it's already been sent down the river by the through the muddy waters of destruction and the intent to destroy uh, freedom and liberty. But the Lord in this hour is sending His angel. He's pouring out justice, and there's people who are not no longer gathering in the dead place, in the place where the, where the masses are under a spell, under fear. Just like, just like Saul and his army shook in fear as the soothsayer literally was, as Goliath the soothsayer was, was saying, I'm going to kill you all. You are all going to be my slaves. And, and, and he's, the fear mongering came out of Goliath. But a David arose, right? One who heard the voice of the Lord. One who said, um, I run to the river. I, I refuse the clothes of Saul and I run to the river to get the word of the Holy Ghost, the five stones, the grace of God. And that grace will kill the giant. And the Lord is saying in this hour, guys, that uh, there's a remnant the Lord is calling to the river. There's a remnant that the Lord is giving vision to, who's, who's pour, he's pouring justice out to, and he's, he's equipping people to embody this um, expectation of justice and restoration, power and authority, and the restoration of America, the 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 reversal, and that's the prophecy, Lord, and it, the the prophecy, guys, in this hour is that there's a reversal coming. There is a reversal coming because the Lord is pouring out justice. I believe the the remnant is is receiving visions and dreams, and there's prophecy being released in this hour um, from this justice outpouring because the Lord is picking a fight and he's decreeing that America is not lost. America will be saved. America will embody liberty again. Amen. And so I, you know, I shared, I shared this dream to, to, to do a couple of things. Um, number one is the remnant. Um, you've got to, you've got to ask yourself the question, am I the real remnant? If you are hearing the voice of the Lord, if you are seeing dreams and visions, you are the remnant, okay? And I advise you, as we've talked in in many times over the last couple months, turn off your TV screen, turn off those lies, turn off Facebook, turn off TikTok, because a lot of that is propaganda. It is staged messages that continually beat into your head the message of you're afraid you're going to die this um you know for, you're you're going to have delta then you're going to have omicron variant then you're going to have fluorona right then you're going to have all of these variants and this is never going to go away you're always going to be afraid you're always going to need the next jab right because you're under the spell of abaddon and i'm here to 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 
to literally um, open your eyes, open the eyes of your heart, guys, through the prophetic word of the Lord, that it's a spell. If 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 you think that the next shot is going to save you, it's not. It's never going to end with one more shot, because the coronavirus is not going away. Okay, only the Lord is is can save. Only the Lord can save. Okay, and the remnant are are those who literally are going to walk out of this continual messaging and propaganda and and this spell of of despair that is released, this fear-mongering that's released upon the people with its intent to control you and to keep injecting you guys. It is to keep injecting you because you stay afraid, because you stay um, at the mercy of the lies that twist your heart that literally blind you and keep you under a spell waiting for the government to hand you another jab, right? Another jab. Oh, it's going to take another jab. It's going to take another jab. I just want to pray for you guys because hopefully you've seen the lie. Hopefully you've seen um, this, um, the intent of it's not, listen guys, it's not the spiritual host of wickedness in high places. It's not just the government entity. It's the demonic structure. It's the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. It's the, it's the end days prophecy of Satan, the dragon, um, in the intent of a one world government. Okay. And so I pray that your eyes are open and I pray that you would gather as a, as an army at the river of the Lord, expecting justice, which is his voice to come to you that would come and begin to bring deliverance and healing in your life. And and literally, th- there's people I believe that the Lord is calling to pray for this nation in a unique way. And there's going to be stones that are placed in David's hand. There's going to be stones placed in, in the sons and daughters of God's hands that are going to kill the giant. It's going to require a supernatural thing. This giant is so big. This is a worldwide giant, guys. And but I believe it's a simple stone. I believe it is is it is a it is prophetic bombardment against this demonic structure, this demonic power that's going to stave off the end time. I believe we are promised. We are promised a worldwide outpouring of the Holy Ghost, one like we like we've never seen before that will be the ultimate glory of God before the end. So I believe we are promised a resurrection. We are promised victory over what is coming against the world in this hour. And so I just Lord for every person who's been under the spell and has been awakened, Lord, I pray that the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, would come upon them. I pray, Lord, that they would um no longer teeter between um, trying to receive life from something where they're actually being put under a spell. Lord, I pray that um, every every fear-mongering uh, pastoral teaching and system, Lord, that, that uh, keeps inducing fear upon the people and putting them in a spell, keeping them from running to the simplicity of relying on the voice of the Lord for life, the spirit of prophecy. Lord, I, I break that spell off of them. I break that grip, Lord, and I release them. I release um, a deliverance anointing upon them, Lord, that they would gather 
another at the river in full expectation, not need, not being government dependent, not being news dependent, not being entertainment dependent, not being anything dependent around them other than relying on the voice. Lord, and I pray for those that you've uniquely called in this hour in America, Lord, to pray supernaturally, to embrace this outpouring of justice with the expectation that there is a reversal coming, that Uncle Sam is not dead. I decree right now, Uncle Sam is not dead. Uncle Sam is alive. I prophesy your resurrection. I prophesy a clarity in that river that runs through Washington, D.C. and all that polluted garbage that comes out of it. I decree there is a reversal and a clarity coming that will expose the darkness. And 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 I, I just decree that uh, Uncle Sam will be loosed out of its coffin, loosed out of its cage, its, its prison. Um, and Uncle Sam will decree again, will sit on the place where the slaves were set free. He will sit in the chair of the one who, who, who released the slaves from this land. And I believe it, it is coming a second time that the slaves, the people of America, that's you guys, the people of America are going to be set free because the Lord has prophesied. The Lord has written Isaiah eleven eleven on our capital in the land where we decree that we are home of the free land of the brave and home of the free, that we are the ones he's come to liberate in this hour. I decree over America, uh, Isaiah eleven eleven, and that the true remnant, the true remnant is being awakened and that liberty and justice are for all. Liberty and justice as are for all. Just as the angel came and poured justice into the river, I decree that the words that we that we uh, decree over this nation, liberty and justice for all, I release them right now as a prophecy over this nation in the name of Jesus. All right, guys, pray like your life depends on it because it does. Pray in the Holy Ghost and and uh, keep sending me the the emails and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll dig deeper in the coming weeks into this concept of you being the remnant in the last days. Amen. All right. Have a great week. And, uh, like I said, pray hard in the Holy ghost. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the school of the Holy spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.